ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Live from NBA Summer League. Summer League. Summer League. Summer League. Big four at four is on the way. Welcome in Reno, Las Vegas here. ESPN Las Vegas, ESPN Reno. John Von Tobel, Cofield, Demont Cotton is back in our Finley Toyota Studios. Uh, James is helping us out here at the set at the Summer League. This thing goes all the way through Monday. You can get your tickets at UNLVTickets.com. That's UNLVTickets.com. And John's been out here the whole week uh, talking to the insiders, watching the players, watching the future stars, future depth around the league. And that's an important part of this, too, is uh, getting into the league and then finding a role. Uh, that and, you know, I talked about it with Matt Moore. And, again, you can find the whole conversation up in the Harvard Handicappers podcast that I do. Um, about now the value of developing players with the new CBA. Like the, these are big deals now, watching these players and seeing if you got anything. And don't forget, I'm also psychotically tracking the standings because there are betting ramifications to it. Too. Yes, yes. Um, speaking of, you know, one of those gamer-type guys who's had a role on different teams and is now kind of facing uh, the next step, you know, you keep playing basketball or not, Langston Galloway is a guy out of St. Joe's. So we're going to talk to him in about 20 minutes. But let's get to it. Damon, big four. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at Four. Number four. Boy, I think this one's going to throw me off, but DeMond sent over a story about uh, the Phillies' Nick Castellanos. I don't know when he made the comment, but he's claiming, the Phillies outfielder, that Scooby-Doo is a superhero. DeMond? True or not? I think very true. Very really? true. Can you make this case for us? Because I think we're going to come back over the top on you. Yeah, I can make the case. I mean, he, he talks. Maybe limited, but he's talking. <laughs> That's already more than any dog can do. I mean, he's uh. clearly got some kind of superhuman ability when it comes to solving crime. I mean, almost as smart as a person when it comes to being oh. a detective and his detective skills. I, I, I'm going to break in before, before John, John gets to go here. One, uh... Fred has the looks and the stupid scarf and that sweater. The ascot. Right. So he looks like he's solving things, but I really don't think he knows what the hell he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daphne was the, the the taller, hot one. And then Velma's the shorter one with the huge bombs. I, f- I feel like Velma was, if I'm right, if I'm right on those ends, I feel like she was a brainiac with the glasses. But I feel like Scoob was a big part of the crime solving, especially down the stretch. He named one crime he solved. Scooby-Doo was a moron. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Scooby-Doo he, he, was a moron. He has a superpower. He is not a superhero. If you want to constitute human speech as a superpower, that's fine. Name me one crime that he helped solve. Because all he did was eat food, be scared, and then in the final chase sequence, he would do something stupid and then, like, run into the villain and get him trapped in something, and then be like, oh, you got me. He did nothing to solve the crime. That's themselves. his genius. He being, did absolutely nothing. Being in the right place at the right time, you, that counts for something. The, the, Velma was the backbone of the operation, never got the respect. By the way, thank you for giving her some props. Sneaky hot Velma, okay? Huh. So let's go with that. Also... Shaggy did nothing either. He just got stoned all the time. Man. And by the way, are we sure that he can talk? Are we sure that Shaggy's not so high out of his mind <laughs> that he's just hallucinating the fact that Scooby-Doo is speaking to him? Oh, you think that was all kind of a hallucination that we were witnessing? Right. Everybody okay. heard Scooby. Oh, oh. You sure? Go back and watch. Velma never interacted with Scooby-Doo. Daphne never interacted with Scooby-Doo. What about the live-action movie? I mean, that's something completely different. We're talking about the cartoon here. 
Let's take this seriously, Damon. What are we doing? What do you mean? What are we doing? Get it together. Sco- I will. I will attest that Scooby Doo did not solve a single crime. It was the mystery. Was it Mystery Inc? Yeah, Mystery Inc. Yeah, it was Mystery Incorporated and not Scooby Doo. Von Tobel, you don't know what you're talking about. Scooby Doo put him against the cartoon dogs of his time. No. I will. I will say I know what I'm talking about because you're a youngin, and when I was a kid, Boomerang used to come on all the time, and I would watch it every day. I know my Scooby Doo. He didn't do anything. Now, a pup named Scooby Doo, we can talk about. That was an offshoot cartoon that they made like in the early 2000s. You guys are frozen, so let me know when to go to three. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. Number three. Boy, so we might have uh, you know widespread Hollywood strike with the performers, right? And the behind-the-scenes people who are also very important. I don't want to say, oh, well, because I support you know any entertainers. We're very low-level entertainers, so I want them to, to get what they want. But my God, the TV right now, every week I do my weekly rankings of what I'm on and what's coming up. It's, it's impossible to freaking keep up. This is quite the life. If you're, if you're a, a person who's into TV, uh, one, my list right now is Righteous Gemstones, which is outrageous again. Okay. Um, obviously, quarterback, I'm not going to finish it in one day. We talked about that yesterday. Uh, Platonic is a really good show with Seth Rogen. Very funny. I think I'm at the end of that one. I'm still watching Black Mirror. I actually went back and watched an older episode. Wow, it was creepy. This episode, Archangel. Uh, I am still on the idol. I'm going to watch episode four and five this weekend. But really what I'm looking forward to is opening up some new shows. August. Is it August 6th? Oh, yeah. Sunday, August 6th. It's back. Another season of winning time. Mm. The Lakers, as now we get more details, and actually start moving towards, you know, Kobe and Shaqville. Yeah. I'm fired. I love the first one. I actually have to finish watching the first season. So I'll catch up for the show so I can get ready for the debut of the second season. I asked you, I'll have to figure out how far Perlman's book went because I thought the whole show was just about Perlman's book, so it sounds like they're going rogue and maybe doing something else on their own as they move forward. I have to say, there's two things that stick out about your list. First off, how much do you spend? You have every streaming account. Dude, it's out of control. You have Apple TV, you have HBO, you have Netflix, you have Hulu because you just finished watching The Bear. Yeah. By the way, just started it last night. Oh really? Watch the first two episodes. Good, really good. Who uh, was it? Was it Rich? Who who the hell mentioned Joel McHale last hour? Was that Rich Herrera? Oh yeah, he was mentioning a lot of names. Yep. Joel McHale actually is in the Bear yes. for a little bit. Yes, he's the psychotic chef that tells him that he should yep. die. Yep. Which I hope they expand on that because <laughs> it's so funny because we were watching it on Hulu and then they show an ad for Joel McHale's new show where it's like some goofy comedy. So we went from him telling some dude to off himself to then Joel McHale being like, "Ha ha ha, funny guy." It was a very interesting dynamic. But the Bear's good. I I enjoy it. I like the way um, they film it. We've completely lost control of TV. Because I'm also not one of those people who is stealing, like, seven of the channels. Yeah. Like, we pay for all of them. Although, Hulu, I think, goes bye-bye on July 28th. I got one. I got one. No, for me. Oh, okay. Because I, well, I, we're, I, I talked about YouTube and the NFL package. They had a June 6th deadline to save money. You bet your ass I'm going to save money. Yeah. And I wanted the package. Yeah, the package was more than DirecTV because apparently all of you guys got the football package for free all those years. I never got it for free. Yeah. So I bailed on DirecTV. Now I got to go back to get the package. So YouTube TV in. Hulu out. Anyone reps Hulu out there? Uh, a couple of free reads. I can bring it back for free. So we do the. I can't do that, but you know, we do the count share. I get arrested. That's a crime. So our, I think it's my wife's cousin that has Hulu that we use their account. And Netflix. I think my mom pays well, for it. Uh, so. Be careful! I wouldn't announce that on the air. 
My name is Adam Hill of the Las Vegas Review <laughs> Journal. Well, you know, Netflix is cracking down on those stuff. I, dude, I, that's going to be so annoying. I actually, you know, it's funny. I I don't even know which channels have commercials. And I know Netflix was threatening commercials. Yeah. And I actually asked the SO, the significant other, I was like, are there are, are there commercials right now on Netflix? Because I can't remember. Because for me, the commercials are actually a little break time because I'm just such a lunatic with the phone. So I'm like, oh, I get a couple seconds right. with the phone. Um, but, you know, the more I started thinking about it, I'm like, are we really going to pay? We're going to pay $12, $13, $14, $16 for services, right. and we still get commercials? That's that's what I'm it, saying. They are starting to get a little obnoxious with this. Right, because part, part of the appeal of like buying streaming services was not having to deal with commercials. Or with Netflix, getting everything I wanted in one go. Being able to bend, like I said, with quarterback. Am I going to watch every single episode right away? No. But do I want the ability to if I need to? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the ads are really annoying. And I guess you can pay extra now on Hulu to get rid of the ads, which is absolutely ridiculous. Oh, it's obnoxious. Totally I'm, obnoxious. I'm a free game on my phone kind of guy. If it's ads, I'll take it, but I'm not paying for it, man. What are we doing? N- number two. Number two. Thank you. Also, Secret Invasion is awesome. Uh, I got to get back to that. I didn't yeah. have that on my list. I started episode one. We haven't gotten back to it. Um, boy, oh, boy. Jimmy Butler. Is this real? Dude, it seems like it. Shakira? Yeah. They were saying, you know, you know what annoyed NBA, me? NBA Finals does wonders, man. So the report I sent to you, it's it, it had like um, it was it was reported that Jimmy Butler and Shakira were canoodling at an event. No pictures. I want evidence of the canoodling. I want evidence that this is actually happening. Now Shakira did, of course, recently have an ugly divorce with her husband, uh, Gerard Pique. But Ishechel wrote a song about him, which, by the way, the Von Tobel boys love. Not me, my kids love to dance to it. But Jimmy Butler, good for you. The Miami life is working out. You're bagging Shakira. I don't think she's a spring chicken either. She looks like one. Oh, she does. But how, is she? How old can we look? I think she's like 45, 46. It says in the article. There you go. I, the mom was all over that. Huh? You do a little research before the spot. It's not look 46. No. Good for Jimmy Butler. Oh, absolutely. The Miami. If you're right. you're cashing in on the Miami lifestyle, that's the way to go. Top story. Number one. Especially recently divorced, wants to live a little. There you go. He's living. He's living. All right. We talk about this a lot with, I'm going to say, non-traditional media and what we do. And I'm not saying we're awesome, but we do have some standards to live up to. There's some weird things going on now where players are reacting to quotes that aren't exactly accurate quotes coming from Internet sources. We talked about it the other day with Draymond Green hearing a Wemby quote that the NBA is not as physical as Europe. And then if you watch, sorry, if you read the full quote, it makes sense. He's actually complimenting the NBA that the game is more open and super athletic and fast, while you know the Euro leagues can actually be brawl ball. That's not a rip on the NBA. And now we got something with Kevin Durant. Oh yeah. So it was thrown out there. You know they have like all these different aggregation sites, right, on uh, Twitter and everything. One of them is NBA Central or the NBA Central. So it's a good, like, aggregation Twitter thing. You know, if you follow it, you get all, like, the news and the headlines. They just tweet it out. They just regurgitate it. So, of course, there is a fake NBA, the NBA Central account called the NBA Central uh, without the R. And it tweets out a quote from Kevin Durant, a fake one, which essentially says, I have the skill of a shooting guard. I'm seven feet tall, have the skill set of a shooting guard, and I'm the best scorer in the NBA history. My only weakness is injuries. Quote, Kevin Durant. All right, that, now see, I just got caught because I didn't actually look at the the, uh, the account that tweeted right. that out, and clearly nor did Durant. No, he did. But did he actually look at the name to see it? Like, if you read the name, 
What's the difference between the real one and the fake one? The, the R. No, but I don't think Kevin Durant was duped. He retweeted it because he knows it's fake. Oh, he, he retweeted okay. and he said he's like these these ball sack sports types accounts are getting oh, you guys. Oh yeah, over and over. Like oh yeah, I'm glad guys are picking up on that. That there are, uh, we'll say you know satirical accounts. Well, and here's the thing. This is like, and this is where you can tell like this was an actual like what's the word I'm looking for like malicious intent. They also put at the bottom via at the boardroom, which is the thing that Kevin Durant hasn't created. It's like you know this social media platform, everything like that. So they actually tried to pass it off as a real quote. So this is like this is it, man. This is what we got now. Yeah. NBA's ten tall, making stuff up, and people are reacting. And of course, you do the damage already. There's probably a few hundred people, maybe a few thousand, that ought just think Kevin Durant said that, and you can't convince them otherwise. Oh, you can't put it back in the bag. Nope. And who's going to check? Who's going to go back like six steps after it gets spread? You know, shared. Yep. To all different sites. It's Don't a worry. weird deal, man. And every, everyone reading uh, the internet's when it comes to sports, you got to read a couple of sources. I get, I don't know, do you get a feed on your phone, right? Most of us get a feed on the phone. I get a feed on the phone, and it is like 80% just absolute bull crap. And I don't want to call out one place, but I will. Sports Illustrated is just a waste of time now. If I see it's SI, I mean, there's a couple of writers there, but most of it is kind of like Bleacher Report. That, you know, that's the theme of it. That's the approach of it, and you can't. I mean, they're just aggregation sites. Yep. Sports Illustrated sad, but it's, it's just an aggregation site now at this point. Yep. Uh, this part of the program, on in Reno. And Vegas is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Give them a call anywhere in the state of Nevada, 766-1400-775 in the north. Von Tobel's here. It's Cofield. Here is Thomas and Mack. We head into the weekend for the NBA Summer League. First weekend was spectacular. Albert Hall is here with us. Finally face-to-face. Yeah. We do have phoners all the time. So what's going on, buddy? How you doing? Glad you guys are here. Nice little setup in the concourse. Yeah, good good weekend, first weekend, and uh, starting to pick up now, second weekend. But overall, very pleased. It, it's great just to see the fans come out, the city of Las Vegas get alive. I mean, that that sphere lit up on uh, oh opening God. night, whatever it was, and everybody's just like, man, oh, man, this is going to be a fun week. So we've ridden the wave. Before you got here, did you know of the sphere? Oh, yeah. Okay. Did oh, you yeah. know what was no, – they, they must have talked to you about – Hey, it, you know, this is something we're going to do. That was just kind of a stupid question. How do you think, you, you do you think it got it done? Yeah, yeah. Come on. I well, had the Sphere I, and Resorts World going at right. the same time. The thing so. is, I ask because like, a lot of us on the ground here were like, okay, this thing looks cool. I've been watching it, you know, getting built. And I'm, I'm I, you know, on campus here all the time. So that's how I drive in is right sure. past it. And then when they first started lighting it up, I was like, man, I thought this thing would be cool. But, like, the entire world exploded. Yeah. And then you guys were up there with a the basketball. Yeah, it was that pretty was cool. Pretty cool. I was the same way. But, yeah, it was great. Um, you know, I think the first weekend with the Wimby Madness, that was fun. Friday night, pretty pretty tame night, though. You know, everybody was here to see him early, and no one got out of their seat, which was great. Uh, a little nervous. And then game two, I thought he was just spectacular. So that was good. That lived up to it. And then, you know, the star power that comes through on the weekends and and then during the week a lot of people are working and there's meetings and we have tech expo and our sports business classroom all kinds of different things so a lot of business being done during the week and then as we pick up today we're have we're seeing a, a good good day today i think we'll have some energy in the building tonight and uh you know ride it through the weekend to the finals UNLVtickets.com is where you get your tickets this week and for the NBA Summer League. And we're talking to Albert Hall, and that's why he answered me like, do I know about the sphere? Of course, we had to coordinate that thing because he, <laughs> he runs the NBA Summer League. So we had the argument coming into this about uh, how that first weekend would do with Wemby and the vibe and the revenue and all that. And I thought the biggest of all time before this was the uh, year of Lonzo Ball and LeVar. Uh, these guys were arguing that it was Zion. So what's accurate? 
Uh, I think what happened with, with – they're both accurate, okay? Zion, it was built up because he's a U.S. kid. He had all the, the hype with AAU and everything. But then we have the earthquake, and he gets yep. one, one game. He gets a half, basically, right? So that was the idea. They shut him down, and we weren't real happy about that because it was like, look, let the guy play a game. He needs, obviously, reps. Um, but the thing with the balls was it, it ramped up, and the Lakers were in the finals, and the Lakers won it. So that was we, – we kind of parlayed both. But I would say, yeah, that was probably a longer-term hype versus the shorter-term hype of, of Zion. Well, and I think what's been fascinating about coming out here over the last few years, like the growth yeah. in terms of not only just people coming out here, ESPN or NBA TV airs every single one of the games. Yep. It's getting more packed every single time. And Steve and I were talking about it. One of the big things is, like, the youth, you look around, I think the average age has got to be, like, right in the mid-30s. There's a lot of young kids around yeah, here. Yeah, you know what? We have gotten younger, and that's by design. Um, which, by the way, Jello Ball was down there. I just had to mention that. Okay. He was just down there a minute ago. <laughs> All right. Um, but by design, you know, our, our thing was, look, we, we have the diehard fans, you know, no doubt about it. But reaching that high school audience, now we've got AAU tournaments coming in, um, you know, and a lot of younger kids coming out. But also social media was huge for us. You know, we, we've mastered social media in a way where our content team is putting out so many clips on this and – so many different storylines that we need to we need to make sure we're addressing all of the audiences whether it's a if some guy called me hey polo g is coming tomorrow and i'm like i have no idea who polo g is <laughs> but the kids are like hey he's hot he's hot like you know and he was a nice guy right so we we integrate that then obviously with the the whoever's signing autographs and whoever's coming through and then you know this rookie class i don't think they were as hyped up as the rookies may may have probably deserved because of the Wemby's deal but what you're seeing is a lot of those guys came up in that grassroots and the social media era where now they have those fan bases and if we can turn those on and get a younger demo out here as you can see on the concourse now we've got a lot more things to do out here too for kids whether it's the sneaker lab the video games the 2k you know, you're designing stuff. Uh, it's just, it's great. I told Steve that the most dangerous area on the concourse is on the opposite side where Papa Shot is. Oh, yeah. Because you Papa get like Shot. 20 kids out there that like put <laughs> shots from all over the place. This, that's live rounds going on over there, boy. But no, we try to keep it, you know, somewhat orderly. But yeah, you can, it can get a little crazy. Yeah, I do want to build on the, the point about NBA marketing because in sports radio, you know, a lot of the stuff that we see up on social media is complaining about the NBA and woke and no one's watching. And I'm like, yeah. we fight for the NBA all the time because we're like, you guys are just out of it, man. When yeah. you say stuff like that, the, the, the marketing is getting younger and younger. The other thing is, when, as people are walking by and I'm listening to them speak, this is a very international event. And we're, we're just, in America, we are so insular sometimes. We only yeah. know what we know here. This has become so big internationally, the NBA. I think it's a great point. I mean, look, they, everybody has an opinion on, they, they are entitled to that, right? But um, a couple years ago, yeah, they're pretty outspoken, but... Let's not forget the NBA's gone through generation after generation of fans and, and you know, uh, different different cultures, whatever it may be. You look around and, and, I mean, it's got a pretty good depth of people here from young to old to, you know, multiracial to the whole thing. I mean, it's it's great, right? And, and at the end of the day, um, you've got that international element to coming in and saying, you know what? 
this guy, like a Jokic, right? Now you're seeing teams come over, and, and a lot of these players are young, international guys that are that are killing it. Banchero, he's a U.S. kid, but he had that Italian community last year, and then this year Wemby with the French community. And you see a lot of that in just the NBA audience, and I think the NBA does a great job of that with – you know, integrating tech, integrating different messaging, integrating the WNBA. We have that now. NBA Con, was, which just wrapped up last weekend, was, you know, a lot of music and, and fashion and influence. So, look, it, it, NBA takes its shots from certain people, but I think they do it as well as anybody. Well, on the international thing, you want to name drop? Oh, you, were, you, were, you, you had a conversation with someone about Jokic you know, from the same region of the world, uh, you know, Serbia and a, a Czechoslovakian, who you I, really you, you weren't fully aware of who he was. Yeah, I was at a, a circuit Friday night. I was chopping up with Yamir Jager. He was asking oh. about Nikola Jokic. Like, oh, the guy was awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just to spend 20 minutes talking about Jokic and basketball with there him. There you go, right there. Well, look, those guys are tight, too, just like the guys yep. from Philly or Detroit or L.A. or yeah. whatever. I mean, they're they're tight. And, you know, you look at, at where he's from and, you know um, – just the different guys that are coming up through the ranks. It's unbelievable. These kids come in so talented and skilled now. And it's really just about developing that work ethic and, you know, finding the right. The other thing, too, is finding the right fit. you got to find the right team. Because some of these guys may get buried early because the game's different. But if you look at the game here now, I think the game is more reflective of the international game than ever before. You know, you can't hand check. There's facing the floor. You know, it's just I think these guys have a better opportunity to succeed. As you see a player walk through here who just wrapped up with Philly, I mean, this is the beauty of Summer League, right? It's like anybody, anytime. Yep. Albert Hall's with us. Uh, we'll let you run, uh, but please pimp what's going on this weekend in terms of the next uh, three and a half days. Yeah, come on out. We have great games going on, a full slate of games tomorrow, Sunday. Um, we'll have our, our – playoff tournament has basically started now so if you're playing on saturday it's essentially your last game but uh, a lot of good games matched up there on saturday and then sunday we'll have our semifinals. Um, so you have to you got to play your way into the title this year i'm sure you've seen that ring that's floating around out there there's uh, a lot of nice uh, hardware on display and, and uh, you know to take so we'll have that that semifinal on sunday and then championship on monday night at six o'clock tickets available our swag is is as fresh as any in the nba everybody we got long lines everybody's coming in and raving about that um like i said a lot of activations and and tickets affordable where else can you buy a ticket for 50 bucks 45 dollars in fees and get eight games in a day yep good deal we All appreciate right. having us out here again. Uh, I don't know how long it's been now. Basically since 2004. Yeah, you guys are so. here in the beginning. So, we, we look, I'm loyal. Eric Rodriguez always takes great care of us. Um, we love working with you guys. We do a lot in the community throughout the year. And, you know, having fans and friends like you guys here and partners like you guys here, it just makes it all worthwhile. It's nice to say. Thank you. All right. Appreciate Thank it. you, there guys. UNLVtickets.com. So, you know, we were just talking about how international the game has gotten, right? And... These the American players are superstars abroad, yeah. right? I mean, the international fans know the talent. They know their own talent who are here. And I was just talking about us being insular at times. And I know soccer has grown by leaps and bounds. And Messi is big here, right? Messi is big here. How big is he? What was going on yesterday? Uh, Publix is a grocery store that's all over the South. Right. Uh, you know, I grew up in Florida for a long time. It was like two years. Um, so I'm familiar with the, the grocery store. Was he in a Publix the other day? Yeah, because for those who don't know, obviously he signed to play with Inter-Miami. And, yeah, he was at a Publix going shopping. And, like, people were – a couple of guys went up to him and asked for pictures. Somebody snapped a picture of him coming out of the checkout line. Like, it was just him. 
It was just out of Publix, just hanging shopping out. around. Did buy a lot of sugar cereal. I was very surprised for a finely tuned athlete. He bought a lot of sugar cereal? Oh, yeah. In the cart, there was uh, Lucky Charms. There was Fruit Loops. And there was like so there was one more other thing, like Frosted Flakes or something like that. Okay. It's immediately what I went to, to, to analyze the, the grocery cart to see exactly what he was buying. But it's kind of odd. It's kind of surreal to see a global star like that. Global. Mm, I mean, would you are? He's probably one of the 10 biggest star athletes in the world. Sure. No, that's what I'm saying. Across all sports. Just... Walking into a Publix, and right. some people recognize him. If that was other places, I mean, obviously Argentina, he, he, there's no way he can do that. He's probably, I mean, it, it's going to change eventually once he starts playing and he's more recognizable here. But he's probably like, this is freaking awesome. I would, and I, that's the why freedom. I was wondering if he did that just to almost like test it out. Like, I, want, I think can I can I, get away with just kind of going to Publix, you know what I mean? And like, and, and not be, not bothered because I'm sure he likes, you know, to a certain extent, but not be by every single person stopped by it. And it looked like that was the case. By the way, I love the NBA Summer League, especially because. Uh, the jerseys are everywhere. There's a guy behind you. If you can see him before he walks away, there's a guy back there. He just turned around. He's in a Carmelo uh, Anthony jersey. He's kind of between a bunch of people. Okay. Um, he probably played basketball, but he's he's put on. He's limping a little bit. He's put on some weight, but like that's the average height guy here. That dude oh, is yeah, like yeah. six five and three hundred and seventy five pounds. With he's, he's a little soft. He got a gut. But, man, people love the NBA. Here you go. It's a Len Bias jersey. Yep. I get to sit here oh. and ID all the jerseys. Somebody was right? walking by with a, uh, a retro um, I think it, I think it, yeah, there you go. Hoosiers, like Pacers, Paul George jersey, too. Like, it was great. It's a lot of cool jerseys out here. Uh, second half of the show is on the way. It's Cofield and company here at the Thomas and Mack at the NBA Summer League, of course. Our Reno Hours brought to you by our friends at Battleborn Injury Lawyer, 766-1400. Moving into the second half of Cofield and company. You know, one of the things that's changed the way I think because of social media is cooking. Mm. I thought I could put together some decent stuff, but because of TV cooking shows and then social media and people putting their stuff out and then subsequently getting destroyed for how their food looks, I'm like very careful now when I cook for others. I almost never do it. We used to have cookouts. Often, and now I'm like, uh, if you're coming over, I'm just buying stuff, some salads, and it's hamburgers and hot dogs. I will not take a risk. And it happened again where I got a little freaked out with Lincoln Riley apparently last week. I'm guessing he cooked this. What was what appeared to be a steak or a brisket? Can you describe to people how this looked? So, I mean... (laughs) Terrible, first off, would probably be the term, how it looked. It's it's absolute it's got a ring that is probably medium well and I mean, it looked well done. And the in the it like a good part of the inside is absolutely raw. So here's the thing. So it is tuna. And it that's tuna. How, yes, because yeah. that's a, that, that was the question because the, the color on the outside looked like steak. Right. So with tuna like that, you're supposed to sear it. And you're supposed to sear it for, I think I've read, like about 45 to 30 seconds. Like, it's supposed to be a really light sear. And the inside is supposed to have that deep red color. Like, that's the way it's supposed to go. Right. The problem is, when you look at it, it's clearly extremely dry on the edges. Like, he seared it for multiple minutes, not like the 45 seconds that you're supposed to sear it for. Like, that looked dry and terrible. That that looked like a, probably was a beautiful piece of tuna. As, you know, a coach making whatever he makes, 15 mil a year now. Should have, but dude, hire someone to cook. Um, yeah, because remember. Or the other thing is, here's the other one. We've talked about this with us. 
If it looks like that, don't put it on the internets. Yep. What are you doing? We all know when the food looks like ass. Because remember, it was brought up again. Because again, you have money. Pay for things. Okay? You have money. I mean, so it was we, brought- we, we all do like... Lots of us like cooking, and I'm sure there are wealthy people who like cooking, but you got to have it, some sense. Like, you can't put that out. He, if you remember, uh, in 2021, he smoked a brisket, and that picture was making the rounds again, too. It was terrible? It was awful. Oh, it was no. dry. Two for two. It was well done, like, all the way through. I mean, you, look. Look at the picture. This is from that 2021. Was- this is the brisket. Oh, man. It's, like, well done all the way man, through. It looks the, awful. The bark looks like it would be really tasty, but the inside. Yep, atrocious. I mean, that, is, that is chalk. Yep. Beat somebody over the head with it. <laughs> like you're supposed to do the brisket test, right? Where you like hold it over your finger and it's not supposed to break or whatever. Hold it, keep it under its own weight while also being written out. Terrible. I got to tell you, USC football. I would expect a couple of decommits. I mean, he's going to give Willie a run for his money. I'm going to ignore that. This will be something we bring up next week when Willie has a chance to defend himself. Please. What do you got going on this weekend? You're working the whole weekend. Uh, yeah, 12 to 4 shows uh, Saturday and Sunday from here, from that set that you're looking at behind me. So does that ruin your whole day? You do anything after? Uh, not really. Like, I, I get after 4. Uh, the kid, actually, uh, my mom likes to take the kid for sleepovers every once in a while, and that's going to be this Saturday. So, you know, when I get off at 4 o'clock, you get a little bit of free time. You look a little confused. Well, sorry, I just got I got distracted by, I think, like the tallest couple I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. I mean, the guy was 6'8". She's got to be 6'5". The, the kid, I mean, his kids are going to be Destined to be 5'4". Right, that's it. That's bad luck. <laughs> One will be five nine. The other, the other, the other three will be a six ten plus. Right. Sorry, I was listening. But no, uh, Saturdays I'll be free after four oh, and you know, do something. Don't have the older kids, so things get a little bit easier. All right. I promised him on. We'll get an update later on what you're doing. Uh, I will be covering the WNBA game. Ooh. Check that All Star game tomorrow, and then uh, maybe some karaoke. Going out tonight. Oh, is that right? Yeah. After the show. Oh, okay. Hitting up a new Mexican restaurant. Oh, okay. Green well, Valley. that wasn't an invite for me. Okay. No, no, no. I mean, after. Okay. There's reservations, so All I right. make them. All right. Damon might be invited to that. Good week of work. Very good week of work. Sure. Well, I, Danny's I going, so I want to be invited. Wow. How'd you know? Because uh, I talked well, to Danny before he left today. We got to uh, okay. sort this out. He's not even part of the show. Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, rolling towards the 5 o'clock hour. Some good NBA conversation coming up. We wanted to uh, get into a little more college basketball. We had a chance at the beginning of the week to speak with Kevin Kruger, head coach of UNLV Basketball, and got the juices flowing for the beginning of the season, the uh, rebuilt roster, and Jamal Williams, nice enough, one of the assistants, to join John and Cofield here at the set at the Thomas and Mac. What's going on? Oh, everything good. Just uh, finished off the practice floor, so hustled up here and try to get up here and meet with you. All right. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. What's the NBA Summer League like for you? I know you played in it one year. Um, you know, it's an experience and, and a little bit of history for me. You know, um, I was fortunate enough to get an opportunity to play uh, the one year I was with the Warriors, um, right before the We Believe team. And, uh, you know, one of the memorable moments for me was uh, I started the, part of the last game and we played against the Toronto Raptors. We had Bargnani was number one picking the draft. Oh, really? Year. So I got to start. And um, I actually was the summer league player of the day that day. Uh, had 28 points and eight rebounds in that game. And, nice. Uh, started that moment. So that's one of my summer league memories about that is putting up a good performance at 
you know, led to me having a, a good overseas career and getting contract offers and stuff following that. Yeah, so Bryce Hamilton, uh, obviously you're playing with the Lakers. He had an opportunity. He only played, I think, like six, seven minutes. Uh, you know, had a, uh, a quick stint the other day. But I think people would look at that and go, like, oh, it was only a couple minutes off the bench in the summer league game. But those are opportunities for no, guys, right? Absolutely. I, I talk about it, and I, you know, even tell our guys, you know, the first I got out here in the first very first game I got, they had a 17-man roster. I wasn't in the top 12 that they selected to play that day. Um, but I got to play the next day, and I got to play the following day after that. Um, and then I played a little bit more, or I didn't play the next game, but then I got to start. And so every chance you get to play is an opportunity to showcase yourself because there's a ton of people, not only NBA people in the building, but overseas personnel that's watching games and, you know, getting ready to offer people contracts to continue their basketball career. So let's talk about how I'm going to call it wild. I don't think you guys think it's wild. It's just the norm now about building a roster. You know, but for the fans, you're like, oh, my God, you know, the, you know, the, the team looks like it's light on players, and then it slowly comes together. Um, did, did the offseason kind of turn out the way you thought it would? I mean, obviously, DJ Thomas, it, we'll talk about him first. Landing him kind of changes the whole trajectory. Absolutely. I think um, he was always a key target, uh, and he was a focal point from day one. And, and, you know, we just kind of put our efforts into getting that done. And, you know, we it, it kind of slowly happened because he was one of the last ones to actually do it. Um, the first person that, you know, the, getting the Boone twins and then getting Jalen Hill um, all at the same time kind of gave us a, a chance to have a good experience front court that is um, going to be – uh, tough to deal with in conference play um, because their size and their basketball IQ and the amount of time that they've uh, put in college basketball. And then you have, you know, you're working now, you go, okay, how do we, what's the next piece you grab? And it ends up being, you know, one of the top point guards in the country in D-Don. And now you're like, okay, now we're rolling. Along with the experienced guys we have coming back, it's like, okay, we got a good group that's going to be able to, A, help D-Don and protect him when he's out there on the floor, but also and uh, bring add to his talent would be able to create and facilitate for guys that can knock down shots. So the situation with Didon is it's not completely you know out of the norm, but he was a 2024. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get him in for 2023. He's making his decision well into the recruiting process. A lot of the guys have been pulled out of the portal. I mean, there's communication, but then there's also like, is there a tiny bit of fear like, hey, maybe at the last minute, we think we're getting them. We think we got our point guard for the next year's roster. Is there a little bit of fear like, hey, they may just change their mind. Someone may come in and change his mind. Yeah, I think that, you know, that just that is always a fear. And we're going through the process of that. And you are kind of recruiting guys and kind of anticipating like, okay, if he doesn't do this, if he does do this, what are we going to do? And we got to that point where it's like, okay, we have a good feeling, but we still don't know. We still don't know. But we're also, you know, looking at the portal, having a conversation, trying to figure it out. And then when that happened, it's like, okay, we can back off of that and let him um, come on in. And then we just turn our attention to, you know, grabbing next piece, which we were fortunate enough to get another high school kid in, Jacob Bonarby, who is going to be a really good player for us. And, um, you know, exciting guy that we were able to land him. And a lot of people across the country where didn't know if he was a 23 or 24. And then he ended up being a 23. And, you know, qualifying and being here. Why do you like him? Uh, size, athleticism. Um, he has a skill set to be able to handle the ball, but he's tough and physical. Um, his body, the first time I seen him, I was like, he's a man. Like, he, he's already a big kid. And, and you, know, you know, getting in college and getting a weight regimen and having a routine, like, he's going to end up being a big, strong kid and, you know, be able to do a lot of things that's productive for uh, the rubber program. Let's talk about some of the other bigs because you work with a lot of these guys. What can we expect from Isaiah Cottrell? First of all, he's got to stay healthy. That's the biggest thing. And he's got to stay confident that he can stay healthy. 
but in terms of the role he's going to fill, because you're going to need some physicality from him. Yes, yeah, I mean, he's a big physical guard, uh, guy. It's like, you know, you look at him, you look at his building, you see him in the weight room, like, yeah, he's moving that stuff, you know, really easily, and he's pushing some weight around. Um, you know, as he, he's he's making such so so much positive um, trajectory, like as far as like he's running on the floor now and he's getting back to doing basketball things. That you know, as you see him in there, you get excited that he's actually involved in basketball activity with us, and he's pushing forward every day of getting better physically. Um, a guy that's another guy that's that's going to be big and be physical for us. Has made a lot of strides this spring. Um, in summer is Carl Jones, right? Carl didn't play a whole bunch last year, but, you know, he really focused and he really worked, and we spent a lot of time together. And, you know, one of the best things to that, in the, during this portal situation and having guys step away from the program, I got to spend a lot of one-on-one time with him and individual stuff. And so he's made such huge strides um, offensively and defensively and, you know, taking time and, go, you know, going through the, the motions and, and getting the repetitions of doing things and getting all the reps, right? He's not sharing. He's... He's getting all the attention on my eyes, Will's eyes, um, all of our attention on that. And he's, you know, making steps where he's like, okay, Carl's making a push to be able to play and, and give us some productive minutes as we go through this. So, you know, I know he didn't play a whole bunch and people don't know what to expect, but Carl's a big physical guy. He got some fouls to use and, you know, he's, he's making some strides offensively. I'll just say in the limited time we saw him play last year, the one thing I did like about him, and not all big guys have this, he does want to finish, and he does want to finish strong. Like, not every big guy goes in just to freaking hammer the ball. And he's he's very physical. Like, I, I don't know that you can teach that. He's got a, he seems like he's got a little attitude. Absolutely. He's, he's, a, he's a tough, mean guy. And, you know, his size obviously helps with his um, being able to finish around the rim. And, you know, our guys know when Carl gets it, they kind of get out the way in practice. <laughs> if you want to make it out of here, do not go in there and stick your face in there because you might come back and miss in the nose. So along those lines, one of the observations from watching guys last year, especially with the big guys, there was a lot of opportunities at the rim, but there were some inconsistencies with finishing at the rim. How do you work on that? Because people think I'm working on your shot as jump shots, but there's obviously working within four feet of the basket. Well, with, with me, a lot of things I try to teach is like, you know, foot placement, balance, being strong, going off two feet, and having um, the, attack, the mentality to attack, right? Being physical, going towards the rim, and just kind of the repetition of it, right? And, you know, get a guy like Caleb Boom, who's going to be slight of stature, but he's really, really good at finding angles and putting the ball off the glass and scoring it. You know, he's going to obviously add to what we are, what we have, um, because he can, he will be a post presence, right? He and he has a, he's expanding a little bit and showing a little bit more outside. I know when he was at Oklahoma State, he he watched his film, everything he did was around the basket, and he. Um, got you know post touches and tip ins, but he's expanding and showing he's, he can play out the high post and handle the ball. And so I think us finishing on the rim, we've, that'll be another element for us offensively that we've added with going into the portal. Well, I'm glad you brought up Caleb separate because we always we've been referencing hey just the Boone twins, but they're not they're twins, but they don't have the same game. So talk about his brother and then his outside skill set. Well, you know they they came to us as uh, shooter Boone, as Keelan, and post Boone, that's Caleb. <laughs> And so they definitely, you can tell as they've grown up, they played basketball to complement one another, right? Uh, Keelan's been outside threat. Caleb's been inside threat. And they just kind of like just play that way of, way of basketball. And so um, Keelan is, you know, he's he, a big guy with size, you know, 6'8", six, 6'9", six, who can really, really shoot the ball. And it looks really good when it comes off his hand every single time. Um, and then you got Caleb, who is the individual, like he can post. He can, I think there's going to be guys in our conference going to have a hard time. And what he's really good at is using his length um, and, and, you know, slender build to get people in positions to where they foul him. I think that's where he's going to do a lot of damage is calling people to foul him. And he's good at it. He has a knack for finishing at the rim and, and getting and ones. Talking Rebel Hoops, running Rebel Hoops with Jamal Williams, one of the assistant coaches with Cofield and Company, ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. John's here. It is Cofield. 
So let's assume that DJ Thomas comes in. He's he earns you know the starting job, or he's going to get serious minutes at the point guard. Who are the other options? Who else do you feel comfortable when he's out? Who's going to run the point? Justin Webster is going to run it. He's going to spend a little time to it. But you know, one thing that we've we've kind of been working with and have an option with doing is Jalen Hill running the point. point. You know, him handling the ball and be able to bring it up. Like with the talent that we have on our team this year, it's not going to be. We don't need to necessarily have a whole bunch of people that need to just straight to get the ball across half court. And this high IQ basketball team will be able to make plays for each other. That's one thing we've already seen in summer practice. We think the game at a high, high level across the board, and we've we've elevated in that manner where they make plays for one another just off of being basketball players and being unselfish and having IQs. See, you think you're like with that, like Jalen Hill, is he 6'6"? Like, you can have some pretty big, at times last year, right, you guys switched a lot, but there was a little bit small in stature. It seems you'd be more equipped just from a size perspective to do that defensively. Absolutely. I think that, you know, just having even a guy like Jalen Hill on the wing, being able to catch and finish, like, he's made plays in practice where you're like, well, we didn't have that last year, right? He got a rebound, (laughs) he pushes up in transition, and he's finishing at the rim. You know, EJ was really good, but he had to do things where he was zero-stepping and trying to sidestep people that are, He's going and finishing over guys and putting his, putting his face and his arm into people's chest and finishing at the rim. And it's just, you know, his size is, is just, you, you know it's there. And he's made plays where he's gotten the paint and turn and that easy finishes. Like, he's going to be um, something to deal with. He, he fits along the lines with the Dagan Hearts and those guys in the conference that, you know, big guys that can handle the ball and make plays. Jamal Williams with us. Uh, let's talk about some of the other newcomers. Uh, one, you know, I saw Whaley walking around. Big fella. You know, yeah. Sure you can connect with him. A super athletic for the size. So how does he kind of carve out a role, and how's he look so far? Rob is a big, physical, and shockingly athletic big dude. And he can really, really pass. Um, with mm. his size, it's going to be hard for people to keep him off the paint. If they don't box him out, he will run into you and throw his body around. He's not afraid to use it and he'll re- get off his rebounds. And then he also um, has a knack for making plays. It's just you can tell, you know, we'll watch him at CSI. They put a lot of shooters around him, and he's catching in the post and three-quarter mid-post, and he's backing down guys. And if they overcommit and try to double, he's finding shooters, and he's really developed a skill at doing that. And so, um, you know, with his size, his ability to finish at the rim and, you know, the athleticism, I think there's going to be some plays this year when he's on the floor that's going to shock some people because if you look at him and you just see his body and how, how big and wide he is, you go, oh, okay. Then he gets up in the air. You go, whoa, that's a lot of big man moving. And so um, he's going to make some plays. He, he is a, He's going to be a force inside, and he's going to be a matchup problem for a lot of people because they're going to make some decisions and have to make some decisions because he is adapt to handling the ball and making plays. Well, it should be cool. we got about a minute left. It should be cool. We'll, we'll use that as an example. I think Boise is going to be co-favorite with San Diego State. I think you guys are up there as well. But in the case of a guy like Degenhart, where Boise's like, all right, you know what, sometimes we're going to post him up, and if you're not strong enough to stop him, then you're in trouble. But it sounds like you guys got enough bodies now. You can rotate on them who are thick, athletic, who can at least – I'm not saying you're going to stop them, but you're not going to get dominated physically. Yes, absolutely. I think, you know, even like, you know, our strength conditioning coach LB has, has really hit the guys hard in the weight room this, this spring and summer and they've they put on some mass so we're going to be a big strong physical team with a lot of guys that, with diversity that can change and switch and you know apply pressure and then you know I think we'll do a better job rebounding the ball as well because we'll be able to box out and seal people off and be able to get in and go. A couple seconds left your guy Brooklyn Hicks so far? Amazing he's great you know Brooklyn is um, shocked us with how competitive he is he has, a, he has an edge he's not a guy that you look at and he goes he looks at them and goes, I'm a freshman. He comes out there and he brings it and he plays hard and his speed and athleticism, it shows every day. 
Good deal. Thanks for the time. Can't wait for the season, folks. UNLVTickets.com. Season opens up in uh, just a little bit. They got an unbelievable non-con schedule in and out of town, and the Runner Rebels do. So exciting times on the way. Five o'clock hours coming up. We're here at the NBA Summer League. We're getting a couple of uh, NBA uh, insiders to uh, talk with us as we got some good conversations. Also, our frenzy brought to you by Nova Home Loans. We'll send it back to the studio. Damon is back there. Damon, you don't have to kill like 15 seconds. I'm just... I'm playing out the hour. Yeah. Playing out the hour. But this hour is brought to you by our buddies at Battleborn Injury Lawyer. 766-1400. Reno, Henderson, Las Vegas. That's where the offices are. 766-1400.